Well, please turn with me in our Bibles this evening uh, to Paul's second letter to Timothy. And we're turning to chapter 3 this evening, and you'll find this on page 996. Second Timothy chapter 3 and beginning our reading at verse 10. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. When you think of an anchor, uh, an anchor when it is cast into the sea will hold the vessel or whatever it is attached to in its position. That whatever is going on around, that anchor has the function of being able to hold the position of that boat. It, it preserves, it, it, it protects, uh, and allows it to maintain its position. When you think of life, there are all kinds of pressures that come against us. Uh, like the storm, like waves against a boat that will rock the boat and try and move it in different directions. All kinds of forces and pressures come against us, whether they're relational, whether it's uh, wanting to appease or to uh, be accepted or to be approved, uh, to, to, uh, to get people to like us. We can be pressured to do things that we would otherwise not be comfortable doing just to get approval or whether it's economic, we may feel pressured to do certain things in order to maintain our job, in order to get a job. There are all kinds of pressures that come in this life. But as you think about how life has a way of trying to move you in different directions, it begs the question, what is it that is going to hold our position? Or what is it that is going to make me hold to certain convictions or certain uh, principles in the way that I live? Or to come at it another way, we can ask ourselves, are we going to be directed in this life by pressures from the outside? Are we going to be controlled by what is happening around us? Or are we going to be controlled from within? Is there something that is governing us from within that helps us to maintain and to hold certain things, even when the pressures around us would suggest or direct us otherwise?
As we turn back to Paul's letter to Timothy, Paul is trying to remind Timothy of certain things before Paul leaves this world. Paul is wanting Timothy to carry out the work of the evangelist. He is wanting him to carry out the ministry that he has in Ephesus. And as Paul is trying to impress all these things on Timothy, you remember that he impressed upon him the sincerity of his faith. Paul has complete confidence that Timothy is a genuine believer. But he is also calling Timothy to be an unashamed workman of the Lord Jesus, to be a good soldier of Christ Jesus, that he would be someone who runs the race that is set before him. And as Paul is writing all of these things, he is wanting to remind Timothy to live directed by God's truth. And as we come back to chapter 3 here, you see that, that Paul is really telling Timothy he has an anchor. He has something that will help him hold true to the truth. That he has something that can help him remain committed to God in the scriptures. And that he is telling him to hold to these scriptures in order to be able to live faithfully uh, to the glory of God. And so uh, Paul recognized that there are many pressures in this life. Uh, but he reminds Timothy that he has the sacred writings and that they are enough to help him through all the difficulties that he faces. You remember at the beginning of this chapter, Paul described the last days. And by that, Paul wasn't thinking of some future age. He was talking about really what is characteristic of every age of the church. He's talking about the entire time period between the comings of Christ. That what he's saying here when he says they will be days of difficulty, he's simply highlighting that not everyone will embrace the truth. That there will be some that oppose it. And because they oppose it, there will be a clash of views. There will be a clash of aims in life. And wherever there is that clash, it will bring difficulties because there is different ways of looking at reality. And so if we're going to face difficulties, we need to understand what is it that I believe and what is it that I'm maintaining through all of these trials. Paul said that there would be this characteristic that some will not only oppose the truth, but they will be characterized by being lovers of self rather than lovers of God. That love is to be given unto another, that love is to assign worth and value, and that what will characterize the lives of many is, is that they will assign their greatest affection ultimately to living for self rather than living to the glory of God. And this is a clash with what the scriptures tell us, that we are created to glorify and to enjoy God. And so when we see these two different ways of life, do I live for me or do I live to know the living God? It's going to put us in different paths. It's going to shape different ways of life. And if we're going to maintain this is true, that we should know God and live for him, we need to be prepared for opposition. We need to be prepared that this will be not received by all. But the scriptures are to be our guide. And so uh, all of this, again, asks the question, what is it that we depend on uh, when we're faced with uh, difficulties in our own life? What is it that anchors us, that holds us in position and says, this is what is true and this is what will guide me?
We all need something. Otherwise, we're just going to be tossed back and forth in this life, trying to get by without conflict. But we need to be guided by, we need to hold to certain truths to be able to live rightly. And so this evening, as we come to these verses, we want to see that because God has spoken to us, we are to live trusting in his word or trusting in his revelation. We want to look at these verses uh, that we read, verses 10 to the end uh, of the chapter, by thinking in two thoughts. We want to think what it is that is to direct us in this life. And then secondly, why it is that we are to be directed uh, in this way. So what is it that we are to be directed by? In these verses here, Paul is really challenging Timothy to hold true to the sacred writings. He's telling Timothy to hold true to the word of God. He's pointing Timothy back to what he has in the scriptures. And he's telling Timothy to hold true to these things. He tells him to remain true to the holy or to the sacred writings. Uh, and he is to be anchored in God's truth. Notice there in verse 15, he says uh, to Timothy, he says in verse 14, but as for you, continue in what you have learned, what you have believed, knowing from whom you have believed it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. That word for childhood is a word that is translated at other times as small children. Sometimes it's translated as infants. Sometimes it's even translated to refer to the unborn, those who have not yet been born. The point is, is that what Paul is telling Timothy is, Timothy, your entire life has been shaped by God's word. You have known the scriptures from the time you were born. You have been raised in the scriptures. You have learned God's word. You have been acquainted with it. And that has, that has served you because it's really given you a, a way of looking at God's world and making sense of God's world so that you can navigate through it well. That it's like being given a map. If you ever walk around a city and you had a map in your hands, when you have that map, you can navigate. You can see the streets and you can make sense of your surroundings. And in the same way, Timothy had been given the Old Testament scriptures. And that although uh, he had been raised with a Gentile father, he had a godly mother and a godly grandmother. And they had taught him the scriptures. He had been raised in the faith. And as a result, he knew God's word. Uh, and that was their responsibility. Again, we were reading that in Deuteronomy this morning. That it tells the people, behold, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And then it goes on to say, you shall teach these things to your children. When you rise up and when you lie down. When you walk along the way. In other words, this is the parent's responsibility. To teach their children of God. What is the benefit of being brought in and being part of God's covenant people? It's this. That you have the opportunity of knowing God. It's having godly parents who would nurture you in God's truth. It is having people in your life who are instructing you in the way to go. And that's what Timothy had. Timothy had people who were teaching him God's word. They were constantly directing him in God's 
truth. And he was the recipient of their love. That doesn't mean that only Timothy's mother or grandmother could teach him. He no doubt was probably taught in the synagogue and there were others that spoke into his life. But there was a, there's an importance there with the family. That parents have a part to play in passing on their faith from one generation to the next. That's what we were singing about in Psalm 71. Let me tell it to the future generation, generations yet to come. Let me be someone who passes on the faith. And so here, Paul is reminding Timothy, you are the recipient of the care of others who taught you from your infancy God's word. You have been acquainted with these things and they have served you well. They have given you a map of understanding God's world. And so the scriptures are clear uh, that parents have a, a, pl- a part to play in teaching their children. We shouldn't simply then just pass that off and say, well, others can do it. If we're a mother or a father here, then we should say, I have a part in passing on the faith, of teaching them what I have come to know, of instructing them to read in the word of God and to be at church themselves, because this is where they can know God. That's part of a parent's responsibility. And so Timothy was the recipient of it. But notice here, as Paul is saying all of these things, as he's saying, you were, you've been acquainted with these things since your childhood. Paul's talking here about the Old Testament scriptures. The Old Testament scriptures have served Timothy well. He has been brought up to a knowledge of truth through the Old Testament scriptures. It should be a warning to us not to disparage or to neglect the Old Testament, but rather to appreciate it. There's a professor in the United States, his name is Sidney Gradinus, and Sidney Gradinus makes the point that the Old Testament serves us in many ways. One way it does is that the Old Testament teaches us truths that we don't find in the New Testament. But also the Old Testament teaches us, and actually it helps us, it protects us from misrepresenting the New Testament. And the, New, the Old Testament helps us in another way, It gives us a fuller appreciation of Jesus Christ. It helps us look at the Lord Jesus with a fuller picture. And so we shouldn't think of the old as somehow obsolete, but rather this was the bedrock of Timothy's faith. Paul wasn't telling Timothy, everything you learned as a child, throw it out and start blank. Paul was saying, Timothy, what you have learned has served you. It has given you a framework. And now you are to live in the knowledge of everything that you have come to believe. And so what is to direct Timothy? The scriptures of the Old Testament. But more than that, the scriptures of the New Testament. Because as Paul says there back in verse 10, he says, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my purpose, When Paul says, you have followed my teaching, Paul is highlighting that what Paul was preaching around uh, Iconium and Antioch and Lystra, what Paul's message of Jesus Christ was, was part of God's word. That it was part of Timothy's teaching. Timothy's teaching did not end at childhood. He continues to learn 
He was continuing to be taught. And he was taught by Paul. And Paul's teachings that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises, that Jesus is the promised Messiah, that, that the Christ has come and has died and has been raised again, that Timothy was being informed of God's purposes through the preaching of Paul. And Timothy now was to live in light of what he had been taught by Paul himself. Paul elsewhere describes his writings as the word of God. Paul elsewhere says that his writings were to be read when the church gathered together. They were not just to read the Old Testament scriptures. They were to read Paul's writings as well because they're part of the sacred writings. They're part of scripture. And the apostle Peter would even say, there are many passages that Paul has written that false teachers have twisted as they do the other scriptures. You see what Peter was saying there? They twist what Paul was intending, just as they twist other portions of God's word. Peter was saying that Paul's writings, Paul's message, is part of the sacred writings. And so Timothy was someone who had been taught in the scriptures, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that was to direct him through all the difficulties that he was going to face, the false teachings that he would face. All those who live a godly life will be persecuted. It's the scriptures that are to sustain uh, Timothy through it all. Paul also goes on and he says, not only has he been taught by his teaching, but he says, you've been taught by my conduct, my aim in life. Timothy, no doubt, was a witness or at least someone who had heard the report of the persecutions that Paul endured at Lystra. And afterwards, Timothy became a companion of Paul on his missionary journeys. And in doing that, Timothy Timothy witnessed the life of Paul. He not only heard what Paul was saying about Jesus, he was seeing how that, that message was shaping Paul. How it how it enabled him to have patience with churches, how it enabled him to endure suffering by going from city to city, how he was willing to go to synagogue after synagogue and be met with a mixed reaction, how it, how it led him to going into uh, hostile environments. Timothy was witnessing all of these things. And Timothy was able to see that the message that Paul was conveying was a message that was shaping Paul himself. And so when Paul is writing this, he's saying to Timothy, Timothy, consider what you have learned, but also from whom you have learned it. And Paul can bring himself into that equation. I taught you, Timothy, but consider the life that I lived, not because it was perfect, but because it was consistent with what I was saying. Just as it was with your mother, just as it was with your grandmother. And so here, Paul is, he's directing Timothy to live on the basis of the scriptures, the scriptures that he knows. 
the scriptures that teach him about God's salvation, the scriptures that he has believed. Paul here is directing him uh, then by uh, uh, what he has already come to learn. And we don't have to limit that then to just Paul. When, when Paul says, consider whom you have learned these things from, it includes Paul, but it includes his mother, his grandmother. And that means that we can look at the same thing too. That means for you young people, especially you can look around at the church. You can look not just to your mom or to your dad. You can look to teachers. You can look at godly witnesses. You can look at people and say, I know not only what the Bible says, but I can look at people and I can see how it has shaped them. I can see how they are transformed by this message. And I can see that it has had a genuine effect on them. That the scriptures are to be treated with a dignity because they are life-changing. And so here is Paul just reminding Timothy, you have God's word. You know what God's word teaches. And you have seen it lived out in the lives of those around us. That's part of the blessing of being part of a church. We're not just thinking about our own experience, but we also become living witnesses watching others who are being shaped by God's grace down through the generations. So what is to direct Timothy? It is the scriptures. It is the sacred writings of both the Old and the New Testament. It is what Timothy has learned. But it is also, Paul says, what you have believed. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Timothy had to learn these things. He had to understand these things. He had to be taught. That's necessary. But it's not sufficient. Timothy needs to not only understand the scriptures... He needs to believe those scriptures. He needs to be someone who has embraced what they have said. And Paul has already impressed this. I know that you have believed these things, but he's simply reminding him what the scriptures say are not only to be taught and learned, but they need to be embraced uh, by a personal response as well. We may be sitting here this evening, you may be sitting here this evening as someone who from your infancy has been raised in the church. You may know the scriptures through and through. You know what they say. But the question is not, do you know and understand them? The question is, do you believe them? As we looked at this morning, the scribe knew the essence of the law. He could sum it all up. I agree with you, Jesus. We should love God and we should love our neighbor. That is the moral law. He knew what the, the sum of the law was. The question is, did he believe in the fullness of God's grace? Did he understand himself as a sinner? Did he respond in faith to the Lord Jesus? And so if you're sitting here this evening as someone who has understood the scriptures, ask yourself, but do I believe them? Because that is what makes a person a Christian. A Christian is not just someone who knows the Bible, 
They are someone who has responded to God's invitation. They are someone who has embraced Jesus by trusting in him as their own savior. So Timothy is to be directed by the sacred writings. But why? One reason we could say is it's reasonable for us to have some ground of truth. We need to make sense of this world. We need to understand how to make sense of reality. But there's something attractive about the word of God as well. There's something that would lead us down this path and to say this is actually the way we should be living. And Paul here begins to remind Timothy of those very things. In verse 15 again, uh, he says, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation. Wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. We should turn to the word of God because we need it. That God has given us life, but what we need to know is everything that God has purposed. We need to know God's grace. We need to know our own sins, but we also need to know how God has responded to it. And here, the scriptures are what make known to us not only uh, that there's a God, but it makes known to us the problem of our sin and of God's deliverance in Christ. Timothy was taught about the problem of his sin and about the promises of God's grace. And we need those as well. We need to be taught of our problem and also of God's purpose to save. The scriptures not only show you your need of a savior, but the savior that God has given. And then why this is a suitable savior for you. The Old Testament teaches you what God has promised to give. And the New Testament explains how Jesus fits that and why Jesus is the perfect savior. He is what we stand in need of and what alone can accomplish God's purposes. It's through the scriptures that we begin to find an answer to the question, how can I be saved? It's the scriptures that teach us to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. It is the scriptures that promise us that uh, if we believe in the Lord Jesus, that we will be saved, both us and our household. And so God's word uh, is the direction that helps us to know the truth. Why is it that we should turn to the scriptures? Because they are able to make us wise for salvation. Without God's word, we don't know the depth of our problem, but we also don't know what God has done. It's only through the scriptures that we come to understand God's grace. But we should also come to the scriptures because they are reliable. Being tossed back and forth, pressures around us to do certain things. How do we make sense of how I should live? I need something reliable. I need to know what is true. I need to be grounded in something that is, is uh, faithful. And here Paul reminds Timothy of what the nature of the scriptures are. It's easy for us to look at the scriptures and to say, well, they were written by Paul. They were written by James. They were written by John. They were written by Peter. They were fishermen. They were common men. They lived in the first century. What did they know? But Paul steps back and he says, the scriptures are not simply written by men. They are breathed out by God. Again, you young people, this is a wonderful time of the year when we go outside and we all pretend we're dragons. Because when we breathe, we see that vapor coming out from our, our lips and it, we, we can see it. And if 
Uh, if you're outside and you're breathing and you say, where did this vapor come from? It came from within. It came from me. I breathed it out. And in the same way, Paul is saying that's what the scriptures are. Yes, human people wrote it. But their ultimate source is God. That the scriptures are to be treated highly, not just because some person wrote it, but God was leading people by his spirit to write what they wrote. And so Paul here reminds Timothy, you have the sacred writings which were given to you by God's grace. They are breathed out by God. They are inspired and authoritative because they come from God. Peter himself says, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We were singing there in Psalm 33, By the power of his word, God created the heavens and the earth. And now Paul can celebrate. It's, it's the breath of God that brings forth life, that brings forth knowledge that causes darkness to be dispelled and the light of God's grace to be known. God speaks and his word is made known. The scriptures are to be treasured because they are authoritative. They are powerful. They are from God. So why should we turn to the scriptures? Because they tell us what God has done. They tell us about salvation. They make us wise to know how to live in God's world how I can be saved from my sins, and how Jesus is a savior. We should rely on the scriptures because they are from God, ultimately. They are authoritative over us. But we should turn to the scriptures also because they are profitable. There he says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. It is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. It is through the scriptures that we come to understand sin, self. It helps us understand God, salvation. It helps us understand grace. It helps us understand the future. We begin to learn about God's world. And everything is framed by what God has said. But not only does it build up, it also corrects us. Because we can have faulty understandings of things. But it's God's word that brings us back. It corrects our wrong thoughts. It it corrects us in our mis misguided notions it reproves us and brings us back to center but not only does it correct our thinking it also corrects our behavior it changes us and reorients us to go in god's ways and then it trains us in righteousness it it is disciplining us to do what is right uh, in pleasing in god's sight it is shaping us and molding us according to god's will so the scriptures are sufficient for all our needs. They're able to, uh, to confront us, but they're also able to con- comfort us. They teach us, but they also uh, train us to live rightly. And so the word of God is to be, Timothy is to be kept in God's word. Because God's word is truth. And Timothy needs truth. In a situation where lies are abundant, he needs to hold on to what is secure so that he is able to make sense of the world around him. But ultimately, the word of God is not only desirable in terms of its authority, it's also shown to be reliable in history. That the 
the authority of God's word was shown ultimately when the word took on flesh and dwelt among us. That the word became flesh and drew near. That God's truth was made incarnate. That God's revelation of himself was shown in the Lord Jesus Christ so that people would not be deceived, but that they would come to know of God's salvation. Christ was willing to come into this world to face times of difficulty in order for the purpose of of God to be accomplished and made known. Not only did he believe in the sacred writings himself, but when we consider his patience, when we consider his teaching, when we consider his suffering, we begin to see that this is God at work. We see that this is God dispelling lies and making known his purposes of grace. And so as we think about this, we're brought back to thinking, what is it that we're anchored on in this world? What guides us? What what keeps us? But you can also ask this question, what corrects you? What are you... What are you willing to be corrected by? If we're sitting here this evening as someone that thinks, I don't need to be corrected, I don't get corrected, then we fit the bill of what David was talking about in Psalm 32. Don't be stubborn like the mule who will not understand, who refuses to listen, but be someone who responds to God's word. Why? Because God has spoken. Because God has made himself known. He has shown us salvation from sin. Because God has spoken and his word is binding. Because God has spoken and we are people who need to be shaped and anchored in truth. What is it that should correct us? God. And it is under God that we can be shaped by the truth to live to his glory. This evening, if you're sitting here as someone who professes to be a believer, ask yourself, do we have this view of scripture that Paul himself is describing? Do we believe that the word of God is inspired by God? Do we believe that this is breathed out by God? That it is actually useful for training in righteousness, for correction, for reproof? Do we believe that? Do we allow it to actually change us? Do we allow it to conform us into the image of Christ? Or are we just paying lip service to it? Timothy needs the scriptures because he's going to face days of difficulty. So will you. What are you going to be anchored in? You need something true. You need something that is powerful. You need something that is saving. And Paul here is telling Timothy, you have it in the sacred writings. God has saved sinners through his son. And in that we can believe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray that as we think about uh, these verses, we pray that we would understand how they describe the scriptures for us. And we pray that we would truly treasure the word of God, that we would uh, come under their authority, but that we would treasure the word of God in our own life. Forgive us, Lord, for ways in which we can uh, be passive with respect to your revelation, 
and help us, Lord, to be people who treasure it ourselves. Lord, we confess that we are people that can be tossed back and forth, and we pray that you would, by your Spirit, anchor us in your truth. Go before